Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Watermark Church podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's dive in as we continue our Attitude of Gratitude series. Of course, Josh is shoveling with shorts on. <laughs> Only him. Everybody stand up this morning. I know the students are selling things out there. It's a great Christmas, Christmas gift ideas. The youth are also selling Haggy's pizzas, and so if you want to stock up for the winter months, that'd be a great idea, too. Here's a verse that says, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the victory. We have today and next week as we do this series called Attitude of Gratitude. And the reason we're doing this is because even if you're at home, I want you to repeat this. But if you're going to have an attitude, make sure it's... Make sure it's gratitude. If you're going to have an attitude, make sure it's gratitude. Our gratitude challenge that we put out for the, since the first week is just have a gratitude journal that you mark down. Book in your day. Joe, tell me about this. What if, what if every morning you start by writing down what you're grateful for, and then at the end of the night you write down what you're grateful for? Because the, I think we've got to thank God for the things that we sometimes take for granted. Like Ben was saying, for water. Because the things that you take for granted, someplace else, somebody's praying for. It's interesting to think that way, but... And I don't think it's grateful people to have everything either. I just want you, before we pray for the sermon, I just want you to think about this. I don't think grateful people have everything they want. But I think grateful people make the most of everything they have. And I think it's true for us to, you know what I'm saying, thank God and, you know what I'm saying, not take it for granted, but to make the most out of it. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the midst of church. Lord, we pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are at home today who are part of our family who feel disconnected. Be with them. I just pray in Jesus' name that your presence is not void from a screen, that you are there. Pray for those who are dealing with COVID in our church family. Pray for healing to the bodies. I just pray in Jesus' name, help us to be people who fall in love with you more and more every day. And Lord, I just pray in the midst of our weakness, we find strength in you. In the midst of our weakness, even in during this season or in our business or whatever it may be, help us to find wisdom and strength in you. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, don't sit down yet. My friend Zach Johnson said this to me, so this is a great phrase that we need to say for more often, especially during this season, which is this, we got to stay positive and test the negative. So as you sit down, turn to somebody and say, stay positive and test the negative, and then grab a seat. <laughs> I love it. He says he stole from somebody else, so I'm still going to give him the credit. It's interesting, as we're going to have, you can put that verse up on the screen. We're going to read from uh, John 6, 1 through 15 today. I, th- I want to just uh, paint this picture for us, though. I think what happens is that it's really easy for us to listen to Governor Walls and to read what's going on in our society. And um, it's okay. we, we, we kind of like tense up. 
It's interesting with all these things, and we, 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 we kind of, we almost like want to fight. This whole series, I just want us to be, what if we spend our energy more on being thankful and less on just trying to pick a fight? We read in John 6 about feeding 5,000 people, and usually I will just share about it, but I want us to read this because there's a lot of nuggets in here. And here's what it says. It says, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by the healing of the sick. Then Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Isn't that awesome that Jesus is at this point not concerned about, um, you know, saying these people, like as far as like we got to do healing, like we're like, we understand if there's a crowd of people and they're hungry, it's going to form a riot pretty fast. So he says, let's feed these people. And anybody who knows that you get, we're getting to Thanksgiving season, there's a lot of stress about feeding families and what's going on. And here's about 5,000 people coming, and Jesus looks at his disciples and says, let's figure out a way to feed these people. He asks this only to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. So Philip answered him and said, it would take more than a half year's wage to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. So he's painting a picture of how much food they need to have. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? And Jesus says, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down, about 5,000 men. I think the emphasis is on men here because they're counting the men which doesn't include the women and the children. So when you start doing numbers, it talks about 5,000, but it could be up to 20,000 people going on. That's what it is, and it's grass. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those among those who were seated as much as they, if you're taking notes on the line, wanted. It doesn't say needed. It says wanted. He did the same with the fish. Then they all had enough to eat. He said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. He says, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them, filled the 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people had saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is a prophet who has come to the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come to make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Now, this story is in different kinds of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it looks a little bit differently. But to paraphrase, there's, there's about five to 20,000 people sitting in a grassy area. The disciples are questioning, saying, how do we feed? And then all of a sudden, they find this boy with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. And then Jesus blesses it. And in one translation, it says he blessed it broke it, and then gave it. 
And then he sent the disciples to distribute this food to everybody who's sitting around. Here's what I find amazing is, is that when you look at this picture, this is not something that just happened in a few minutes. This would have taken a long time. There's a Catholic monk, spiritual author by the name of Harry Nowen, who says it this way. If you look at this verse in the story, it's a great example of even us as Christians being the bread. He says, it's like Jesus takes us, chooses us, takes us and says he wants us. He then blesses us, breaks us, and then gives us. And so I'm just going to start by there. I'm just going to give you three points today, and that's pretty simple. Number one is this, is the first thing Jesus did before he did anything is it says that he took the bread and it says that he blessed it. And I'm not going to go into great detail because next week we're going to talk more about giving thanks to God with our mouth. But it says that God, that Jesus blessed it. That before he did anything, that he gave thanks to his Father. That he blessed it, that disciples gave thanks. And then it says that they broke it. And the food had to be blessed, hear me out, before it was multiplied. Had to be blessed before it's multiplied. Jesus took the time to thank God before he shared it. Hopefully, within your family, before you eat, you do the same thing. We have a friend who is one of my friends and a great youth pastor named Kirby St. John. And as a joke, when he goes um, grocery shopping with his wife, him and his wife, he says, You can always pray before meals, but I just pray for all the food in the grocery store, so I'm done the whole month. <laughs> You can do it that way, too. But it's interesting because no matter how you look at it, we thank God because the reason you do that is even if you made it and you bought it, you thank God because he is the one who had the supply. He is the one who had the growth. He is the one who gave you the job. He is the one. So they thank God and they blessed it before the miracle even happened. So the question is, how quick are we to thank God? Do you wake up in the morning and say, thank God for this day? Do we wake up saying, thank God that we can be in church? Lord, thank God for this family. Thank God for this meal. Thank God for this supply. And not only does he bless, but it's like, it's like Henry Nowen is now saying, Jesus also in the same way blesses us before anything. And I love that because he says, bless are you. This is what I say almost every Sunday. We are blessed to be a blessing. It's like God is saying, you are blessed. Jesus adds his blessing to us by he pronounces his delight in us. He says, I'm full of joy because of you. I, I find love in you. Like the bread being blessed by Jesus, we too are blessed by God. Which is pretty cool to think about. So the first thing that happens is, is that before he shared it, before the miracle happened, is that he gave thanks, he blessed. Number two is this. It says that Jesus breaks it. So before, here he takes, now they don't do it like as a bully and they take the food from this kid. They ask, I don't think the disciples went to this kid and stole the bag of groceries from the kid. But just to picture this for a second, they found a boy with fish and bread. Some people think, maybe this is lunch. Well, I don't know if you're going to have fish and bread. You know what I'm saying? A lot of theology people actually say that 
he was actually bringing pretty much the groceries home to his family. So it says that his parents either were meeting him or he was on his way. And because he was curious and he saw this crowd, he was probably carrying the food home for his family. And he saw this crowd and he had to stop and watch what's going on. So when someone, disciples say, what, what are we going to use? How are we going to feed everybody? And someone points out, this little boy over here has some food. How about we ask him? I think that's pretty much sarcastic to feed 20,000 people a little kid's meal for his family. But put yourself in that little boy's position for one second. Maybe the family was poor. Maybe that's all they had. Maybe all the money they had to give that boy to get some food. Maybe because he was a little boy and not somebody who was older. Maybe he was, maybe, you know what I'm saying, maybe there was something going on within that family. Maybe somebody was sick. Maybe he was the only person that could go get that food. Either way, we're guessing that the reason, there's not a lot said about this boy, but maybe that was a supply for his family to bring home. So when he allowed Jesus to take his bag of groceries, he's pretty much saying, listen, I give it to you. It's not just mine, it's ours. Like, this, this is just not my meal this today. This is like our meals this week. It says that they didn't trip it from the boy, but the boy gave it. And it says that when Jesus took the bread, it says that it, First he blessed it, and then he broke it. It's interesting. The reason I think that is important, because a lot of things in Scripture was broken. You look at Mary, who broke the alabaster perfume at Jesus' feet. Look at Jesus on a cross when he says, my body is broken for you. Next week, we're going to celebrate communion and celebrate this. And so we think about that brokenness. Because here's the truth, there is a miracle that happens in the breaking. There's a miracle that happens in the breaking. Like the bread broken by Jesus, we too, hear me out, we too many times feel broken. You feel like things are falling apart or they don't match up. Sometimes we feel like our hearts are broken. And I'll say this, sometimes Jesus just breaks us. Even when saying that, you might be thinking, why would Jesus break? Is he mad at me that I do something wrong? Why would, why would, why would I need to be broken? Well, if you know anything about horses... To break in a horse, it means to subdue a horse, to learn who the master is, to, is to loosen that control and to know the master. Sometimes I feel like we need to be broken to loosen the control that we try to fight over ourselves. So maybe sometimes the brokenness is really not, maybe it's not about God punishing us, but rather God preparing us. Maybe God's 
maybe you losing something or about to lose something or maybe you not getting something or maybe you causing something, there's a brokenness that begins to happen is because God is loosening a control that you're trying to have in these trials. He's trying to develop you. Maybe there's something he wants you to let go of. He's not trying to just define it, but develop in you. I'm going to read this. It says this, have you thanked the Lord God? When was the last time you thanked God for the last time he broke you? He wasn't trying to kill you. He was actually trying to bless you. Are there areas in your life that you feel unbroken? What are they? Are you willing to release those to the Lord? Psalm 51.17 says this, The sacrifice, sacrifices of the Lord, of God, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. I believe that there is a blessing in the breaking. This is also what I believe that when refusing to be broken and holding on too tight and not allowing the Lord to break things within us causes us to push away, causes us to fight back. I believe there is a miracle that begins in that breaking point. This is why in Scripture... It says this, God, break my heart with the things that break your heart. Lord, what is the things that are breaking you? What's, what's in me? Lord, what are the things I'm holding on to too tight that need to be broken away that are not of you? What, what are the things that the, the broken heart I've had in the past that I need to let go of? The, the bread could not have been multiplied or spread out unless it first needed to be broken. And I will say this. Unless you allow your life to be broken in certain points, we will stay at the point where we are. God says, listen, we first got to be blessed, and we got to bless. We got to be broken in our hearts and give our brokenness to the Lord. And then I love this. And then Jesus multiplies. Jesus gives. And I will say this, here's what's so cool. He wants you to be part of the blessing. He wants you to be part of the process. What I love the best about this scripture verse is they take the bread and the loaves from this little boy. Not enough, of course. And they pretty much give baskets to each disciple. And they say, I'm going to put a little bit. And as you reach in, as the disciples will reach in the baskets, there will be more and more and more. So Jesus breaks it, puts a little bit in each basket, a little bit of fish, a little bit of bread, and then he sends out his disciples, and he says, every time you reach in, it says that you will have enough to give out. And not only that, we read it, it says, not just to meet a need, but for how much they want. And I love it because Jesus didn't just say, listen, we're going to have a giant basket in the front. I want everybody to make a giant line of 20,000 people. We're going to line up. But instead, he said, we're going to put people in groups. I'm going to send you out as disciples with your own baskets, and you are going to be part of the miracle. You are going to be part of the process. You're going to reach in, 
And every time you reach in, you're going to pull out more. And I love this because this isn't what he's saying. He says, listen, if you do the blessed, if you thank the Lord and it is broken, he says, then you will, be, you will see the blessing because you will be part of the blessing. I love, this is what Ben was saying. He goes, listen, our goal was 100,000. I don't know what we're going to come with. We just hope that God multiplies what is given. <clears throat> this is what Jesus is saying here. This is the story. He says, we don't have enough, but whatever, whatever is given, multiply what is given. We get to be part of the blessing. What's cool about that, let's just say Dar and I were the disciples, which would be sweet. Wouldn't that have been sweet? Most days would have been pretty sweet. And we have our basket. We're just walking with our basket. And we're like, can you imagine going, I think we're running a little bit low. Oh, no, no, just reach in there. There's more. There's more. There's more. I find it amazing because blessings flow through your hands, through my hands. But not from our hands. Hear me out. Blessings flow through our hands but not from our hands. The disciples were able to be a blessing and God worked through their hands, but it didn't come from them. It came from Jesus. The source of all this is the Lord, but he allows us to be part of the blessing. That's what I find so amazing, that the blessing came through them not from them. I think it's amazing for us to understand that is that it was meant to be shared. The disciples could have said, you know what, there's only one bag of groceries here. And as a disciples, we've been pretty hungry lately. We've been walking quite a bit. We've been busy. Let's just eat this food and then let those people fend for themselves. And Jesus goes, no, that's not the idea. The idea is, let's feed them first, and then we can eat. Listen, if they would have ate for themselves, there would have been no miracle. But the blessing was there that was meant to be shared. Here's a blessing principle for you. Little in our hands because it becomes much in Jesus' hands. You might feel like you have little, but in God's hands it's much. Because it doesn't come from me or you. It just flows through us. If we keep for ourselves what God has blessed, there is no multiplication. The food that was given was meant to be multiplied not kept to ourselves. We have the worship team up here. It's interesting because we're getting into this holiday season. (laughs) 
I think the hero in every story is God and Jesus. I just want you to paint a picture of this little boy again who literally gave everything he had. Because it wasn't just his, it was probably his family. Can you imagine his picture when he, can you imagine his face? Think about this for a second. He gives his cup food bag of groceries to Jesus and he says this. I don't have enough to feed everybody. This is all I got. You can have it. It's all I got. And then Jesus takes it lifts it up, blesses it, and starts breaking it, and then starts multiplying it out. <laughs> Disciples. Can you imagine the look on the little boy's face every time he sees somebody eating more and more bread and eating the fish? Can you imagine the look on his face and him thinking, I'm going to be in trouble when I get home because I gave all my food away. And you're never going to believe the story I have. That they gave me money to buy food for my family. And instead of feeding my family, we just fed 20,000 people. They're never going to believe this. We can imagine a look on his face every single time. That when somebody ate of something he gave. I look at that and I go, the way Jesus is with little kids, I can't imagine that expression that Jesus had on his face towards that little boy. Nobody else had anything to give except for the little boy. Because I don't have much, but you can have my little. He says, you can have it. And Jesus multiplied it. My favorite part of the story is at the very end. Is when it says that everybody ate and were full. And it says that they gave the leftovers to that little boy. Guys, Thanksgiving is a few weeks away which means, yes, Thanksgiving's amazing and I love being together, but also means the day after you get to have like those turkey gravy sandwiches. Anybody else like that? Like me? Like leftovers. Like turkey left. I mean, Thanksgiving leftovers is like one of my favorite things ever. Imagine being this little boy. Everybody's full. Everybody's filled. Everybody's eating enough. And all of a sudden, the disciples start carrying back their baskets that are still full because the little boy gave and they're saying now what do we do we ate too we were eating as we were serving so we're full what do we do with these and then Jesus goes you guys know what to do give it back to this little boy and help him bring it back to his family now can you imagine that he walked with like probably one basket full there that day and it says that the disciples had to go with them back to his house to deliver all the leftovers. I love that. Not only did everybody eat, but now his family got to eat for weeks. Now that's a story. Because you know the rest of that little boy's life, the rest of his life, he knew and remembered the story. He remembered every single face that ate of that fish and ate of that bread. And then he got to remember the look on his family's face when he shared the story. These are the guys that passed it out. These are the guys. Jesus was there, and he gave enough to everybody. They were all full. I think we miss it. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I think we miss that point spiritually sometimes. 
because we don't come like a little boy. We don't give whatever we have. We don't live blessed. We don't live broken. And we don't just give it. We're nervous. What's my family going to think? What's this person going to think? What if I really gave? I'm just telling you. To have faith like this little boy. To trust Jesus with everything you've got. Everybody stand up this morning. just to be honest with you there's people in this room right now and there's people listening online that says I can't give you don't understand how broken I am today you don't know how much I've shattered lives or shattered my own life you don't understand I've made mistakes can I just tell you the cool promise of the story Jesus ministered and fed thousands of people that day with broken pieces. <laughs> they weren't filled. Broken pieces. He broke it, broke it, broke it. It's in our brokenness. It's in our realness that God reveals to others and ourselves. And God gives, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Everybody, close your eyes. Today, you might feel broken. You don't have much more to give. Can I just tell you this morning? You need to give your brokenness to the Lord. You need to surrender that brokenness. You need to surrender. You need to be healed this morning. Why don't I much to give? Can I just tell you this? Whatever you have to give, I just give it to the Lord. God wants to multiply whatever you have. God wants to use whatever you got. He also wants to heal anything you got to surrender to him. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're online listening here this morning, I just want you to raise your hand this morning saying, I don't know the love of the Lord and I need to know it. I see it. It's awesome. Brother, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Forgive me my sins. Help me to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me up. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, as we go back into worship, Two challenge, three challenges. What do you need to thank the Lord for? Why do we need to bless him? What are the broken things I need to surrender that I need to lay down? And does my heart break for the things that break his heart? Am I broken for the things of the Lord? And two, am I giving what I need to give to the Lord or am I holding it for myself? Let's just worship today as we as we leave and as we end the service. Let's just worship and give God our best this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today here at Watermark Church. If you have any questions or want to learn more, 
you can visit us at www.stillwatermark.com. Thank you.